Welcome to the Coastal Addiction Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things coastal. We bring you long format conversations from people who live that coastal addiction life. I'm your host, Tommy, and I hope you enjoy the show. I now value local business more than ever because it's my same perspective as social media. It doesn't matter what scale you're on. You are changing the culture of your community. That's Dalton Smith, founder of MPI Productions, surfer, skater, creator, and lover of life. We have a great conversation about Dalton's life and how it's all evolving. Check it out. So Dalton, what's up, man? How is life treating you? Living the dream, bro. And like the actual definition at this point, I feel like you say it, but then one day you're like, wow. Yeah. Many years of work to get to where you are at this point. Yeah. And I think we're just kind of like fine tuning and trying to make sure that we're living as much as we're working. That was a huge thing. And that took a lot of discipline because there's no one here to tell me what not to do. You just get engulfed in, in working and you forget about living. Yeah. And uh, it's non-optional, meaning I don't have like a down knob. It's all the way, all the time. And just last night I told a friend I was going to do something uh, easier to make it cheaper and I couldn't. I got down to editing and just spent all the hours doing it like I normally would. And so we're passionate, dude. And sometimes passion can take up your time, but we're in a good place. Yeah. So you grew from nothing. If I understand your story right, you were like just some dude with a camera and then like it just blew up from there. Yeah. And that, I mean, that really is what happened. Um, obviously, the detailed version is a lot of different, uh, <laughs> different directions. And it's funny because, uh, a lot of the bad things help direct us here, if that makes sense. Um, Pre-picking up a camera, life was not good. It was really not good. I had drug issues. I was in a bad place, bad people. I had basically burnt every single bridge, and I had nothing. And uh, gotten out of a bad relationship. Um, things were better with my family. I was getting my life together. I was living at home, and my best friend at the time, his name was Tyler Rago, uh, he just moved in for the sake of helping me just do better. So we had a GoPro. All we did was surf, skate, go jump off of stuff into pools. And we just started living. And there was no goal. <laughs> there was no goal of money or anything. We're just doing it. And um, a couple of videos caught um, on YouTube. That's what really did it. Early on, probably 2012, we had a couple, I mean, hundreds of thousands of views was a lot back then. And yeah. we were blown away and it was like little stuff, weird stuff. And I could go into all the micro tunnels that dug it. But um, <laughs> I would say the big thing that happened after we started our YouTube channel was Corey Howell, for sure. Because um, up until then, it was little things, nothing really. But when I met Corey, it, it was this direction shift. And I felt it when it happened. I mean, we went from not knowing each other to we're going to do this. And we just started making surf films. Um, with this young 16 year old kid, I'm like 21 at the time. And meet these like group of young kids and I didn't live beachside. So I, I didn't know what the kind Diego's was. I didn't know who Hunter Jocelyn from Indubo. I didn't know anything. I knew no one. And so when I met Corey, it was just like this chest and I just got in, involved with the whole surf world. It was really cool. So for years it was like, kind of like, and I was a surfer, but I didn't know about surf filmmaking. 
I didn't know about surf performance and tricks and competition. And so me and Corey, dude, we instantly that he became like my, uh, my source. So he'd take me to expo and introduce me to people. He'd be like, Oh, you need to meet this guy. You need to plug with this guy. And I remember we're at expo and dude, everybody knows Corey. He's got sponsors. He knows all these people. And I'm like, this kid's 16 years old. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was not here at 16. I was like, the kid's working it and he's doing it right. You know, I was like, I felt like this was a good first person to meet because he didn't just surf. He had the whole thing wrapped up. So year after year, man, he genuinely helped me as I helped him build his business. And we kind of leaned on each other a lot. And dude, Ron John's and the surf videos we made, that just opened the gates. And that was really where it started, dude. It was all Corey. So I was driving back down here from Maryland, I think it was, and <clears throat> just got into Bavard County. And there was this big, giant billboard on the side of the road. And there's this dude on it. I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I, I know that dude. Oh, wait a minute. It's Dalton. I couldn't believe oh, no it. no way. You, yes. The one that the... Dude, that's actually from this same run. It was the Florida Pro. Uh-huh. Dude, I had just gone through, like, the worst part of my life. Uh, it was very public, but my, um, my ex had, you know, split and... I was put into like this catalyst and had to make a lot of decisions very quickly. And Corey shows up in my front door and made my decisions very simple. Like, <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to do a lot and it's going to be good. So he just started putting me through the ringer, dude, working me until I threw up. Like literally like we gutted my house. We started over and within like, I kid you not within 30 days, I was gifted my own show with the county that lasted two years. Wow. I did over a hundred episodes. I, uh, I got my own billboard of me, which was like a secret dream. I didn't go tell people I wanted a billboard, but I'd sell these billboards and I was stoked. But then I'd be like, dang, how cool would it be to be the guy on the billboard though? And so, yeah, dude, I got my own billboard. I got to be on the board of advisors for the Florida pro. I got to help orchestrate the Florida pro. Um, I went on this crazy music festival tour and this all happened within like three or six months. And, um, it was a wild adventure, man, because it really was not planned, um, at all. It just happened. It just happened. There was no plan of the billboard or any of the things that we did. And it, you know, it was an evolution point for me and I heavily talk about it because that could have been the beginning of the end, hands down. That could have been just like the downfall of me and my whole company in fast forwarding almost three years, I would, I want to like staple what I learned into a, an edible thing and like give it to people. It was, it was a huge growing point for me and I almost missed it. Most people would miss it. And, um, yeah, man, it just keeps growing. That's your podcast right there. Like this is me at the bottom of the barrel <clears throat> and this is me here. And then in between your bookends, this is how I got there. And this is all the people that came in and played a huge role in my life to get me to here. I tell everybody, uh, which is kind of funny. I was like, you know, friends and family are there to help you get from point A, point B in your life. But it's your responsibility to get there. And you did it. Your friends and family helped you. And 
but it was your responsibility <clears throat> to make those decisions and navigate and get there. So it's pretty cool, man, to see you blow up like this. Well, I'm stoked, dude. It's so awesome. Family and friends and a lot of people play, I call them mentors. I have a lot of mentors. And I have a lot of like men mentors that are just like these guys that I just look up to that are just doing it, doing it right. They've got CJ Hobgood. That dude is one of my big mentors. And he was, before he knew he was, via he's CJ Hopgood. <laughs> but then I meet him, get to know him, and he, st- he still doesn't know. So I talked to him the other day. I was like, yo, dude, I just want to remind you that you unknowingly are kind of like in this uh, section of men that are like kind of like a beacon for me. And there's a lot of them. And I- I've got one right now. I don't want to put him on blast, but he's a local guy and he's an older guy and he's so well-respected and like he took me for this opportunity and he drove me an hour and a half in his car to go to a meeting like two weeks ago and I'm pretty observant and I'm like, I'm just watching how stoked he is to do this. He wants nothing. He wants nothing other than to help me and he knows me, but not that well. Mm -hmm. So there's something there and for him to, to gain nothing but to want for me so hard is incredible. Well, he, he gains something from it, but it's, it's more in his spiritual way for him. Like he just, it grows for him to see somebody he, he touched grow and just continue to boom. So it's pretty cool. I get it though. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm still young, but I've got these kids that are 18 now and I'm about to turn 30. And they look up to you. Dude, and I, I talked to him the other day and I was like, listen, bro, he's 18. I was like, there's the cliche Oh, you're this. This is gonna. You're gonna look back on this. I was like, dude, I've been thinking, bro. You're, we're derailing your life in a good way right now. You're. I was like, dude, and I'm, I'm excited for them because I get it, and and I know, I know that if they follow a good path, starting as early as they are, it's the same way these guys are looking at me. You know. Oh yeah, it's very cool. So let's talk a little bit about NPI. I know what NPI stands for, but what does NPI stand for? Uh, NPI stands for no pun intended. And where did that come from? That came from my stepfather, uh, just an accident. We're going to dinner. I'm 16. So, you know, we're talking 13 years in the making now. And he's, he's a, he's a dad, bro. He's such a dad. And he says, no pun intended. I'm like, what? What's that? And he's like, no pun intended. You say it after you say something that you don't mean to say. I'm like, I like that. So... I'm abusing it, using it completely out of context, but I'm saying it all the time. Just saying, no pun intended, no pun intended, it turns into MPI. And a group of friends decided we liked it. So we started putting it on grip tape, on t-shirts, on whatever. Um, the first time I did it, like I said, it, it's, it's almost sad. There was no plan. Uh, it was a boxing video. Me and my friend, you know, boxing in the front yard. I was like, hmm, MPI Productions. And just slapped it on the end. Boom. Boom. Just stuck it. And it didn't <clears throat> it didn't mean anything for years. What I mean is like, I'm still in high school. I'm 16. Mm-hmm. So we put the word NPI Productions on the end of this boxing video, maybe a couple skate videos, and that's it. For years. I mean, I went dormant. Like, I NPI was born before I went to hell and back. I mean, the trouble and the... The circumstances that I went through, dude, that was that was seventeen to twenty. So sixteen, I that I wasn't even there yet. So we came up with this, and we're like, oh yeah, cool, MPI. And then as I'm going through high school, I mean, I wasn't filmmaking. I stopped surfing for a long time, 
And then I, uh, I started surfing is what did it again. I started surfing again and me and my buddy Tyler, we get this GoPro for my 18th birthday. So, you know, I'm kind of figuring it out. I'm getting there. Maybe it was 19, hopefully. And I don't know, man. We just had this spark where we're like, what if, what if we made a YouTube channel? And like, it was instant because we had this backlog of videos and it was all sorts of stuff. Funny clips, crazy clips, surfing clips. I was like, what if we made a YouTube channel? So we launched MPI Productions and the first 30 videos were uploaded on day one. <laughs> we just did a big dump of just random clips. And I tell people all the time, had we attempted to build something, it probably wouldn't have happened. But because we just were simply posting constantly, constantly posting, we were building this vibe. We were building this image and we were known as the surfing young crazy outdoor action sports jump off the building into the pool wild boys and it was never you know reckless it was florida stuff you yeah. know it was florida stuff and everybody loved it um and like i said dude Corey, Corey gave me this spark and he didn't mean to i'm just referencing his life versus mine and i'm like okay you've monetized some awesome stuff and i was like I need to figure that part out. So I just like, I just started. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And I wrote this bio, this pitch. It was long. It was really long. And it was like, we did this and we did that. And this many people watch this. And I sat at the shark pit at Cookie Shark Company. Okay. I was doing community service for scholarship. And I had done so many hours that week. There's no more trash. The trash is clean. It's gone. So the guy's like, you know what? Just take a couple hours. Um, go hang out over the shark pit and get yourself lunch. It's like, cool. So I went in there and all I did was just blast emails. I had to have done 500 to 1,000. I had to. And only two people got back to me. And one was called Slide Handboards. And one was called Lava Core. So Slide Handboards, they were in their garage at this point. It was just a wife and husband. And now... Fast forward, dude, they've been on Shark Tank and our videos helped them get on Shark Tank and nice. they got funded by Ashton Kutcher and Mark Cuban and their whole lives changed. And we were there with them from the beginning, but I was just some dude that emailed them from Florida and they're out in San Clemente, California. And then the other one was LavaCore, big company, but it was a new company that's housed by a big company. I don't know what the heck they were doing saying yes to my email, but they were like, yeah, sounds good. Here you go. <laughs> so they put us on this small budget and that's where it started. So I realized that I was not going to cut a multi-thousand dollar check from a single person. I was not going to get enough to live from a single person. We didn't know how, and we didn't have the backbone to ask for it. So I was like, well, maybe I can get like 20 people to give me like $250 a piece. And I can make like a group project with like some like smaller pieces. And that's what we did. We said, how much money do we need to live? How much money do we need to go on this trip? And we would go to people and we'd just say, hey, we're going to get 20 people. And they'd be like, you only want 200 bucks? Be like, yeah. They'd be like, here you go. Here's 200 bucks. <laughs> we'd be like, we made it. We got another one. We got 200 bucks. <laughs> That's how we did it. We basically pitched, we know we're not there yet. So give us this little tiny check and we'll make it worth your time. Trust us. And that's what we did. And just built from there. It's so funny. You say trust us. There's so many people nowadays that are like, no, I got to investigate your background. I got to figure out who you are, who your people are, who your contacts are. Go through all your social media. 
all of that stuff. And here you are like, hey, man, we're nobody. And uh, we're going to be somebody, but just trust us. We're going to give yeah. you something. We had no backbone for them to research, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was brand new pages. You know, we were young guys. We hadn't done commercial work. But uh, it was at the cusp of social media really growing. You know, 2012, I think we'd be like maybe two years, three years into Instagram at that point at best. So it was early, you know, and a lot of these companies were not fighting it, but they were learning on the fly. Like, okay, we do need this. We do have to be involved with this social media campaign. We do need to get ambassadors. And so I was unknowingly at the cusp of this big change. And that was kind of why we were there. A lot of the things I did was at the front of the pack, but I didn't know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been doing vlogs. Like you can go right now on YouTube and type in um, Outer Banks, NPI Productions, and you'll probably find like day one, day two, day three. Bro, they're vlogs. They're vlogs of me and Tyler Rago driving to the Outer Banks for gas money. <laughs> These guys hit me up. They were like, we saw your video. Some of our writers live in Satellite Beach. Mm -hmm. Willie. Uh, we want you to come to the Skim Jam in the Outer Banks. We'll pay for your gas. <laughs> and you could stay with us. And I was like, yo, we made it. We're going on a trip, dude. Somebody's so, paying for it. We just got to... <laughs> I was like, dude, we made it. I was like, me and Tyler were tripping, dude. Like, we're literally tripping. Like, and that was what it was all about, dude. Like, I told people, it was last night, I was like, sure, we didn't have everything, but you couldn't tell me anything. You couldn't tell me anything because we had made it because I was just so pumped. So we get in the car, we load up, we drive all the way there. And uh, one of the guys did end up throwing us like a couple, a couple hundred bucks on the way out. And uh, I think just that willingness to go, like, Everywhere we went, we gained this new herd of people because we were so loud and vibrant. We had these crazy 20-foot GoPro poles that we made, and we were running all over the place. And, yeah, dude, we were just tripping. We were so stoked on life. And so that, uh, that energy, I think that's what did it more than anything because, like, there was people getting views and stuff, you know, um, but we were building a brand. We were building a vibe. And uh, it was really cool because that was 2012. And then this year, we went back and I brought my new Groms, my little 18-year-old. I brought him with me. And I'm watching his head explode in the Outer Banks. He's tripping. He's like, look at that shore break. Look at that bird. And he's tripping. I'm like, oh, my God, you're me <laughs> eight years ago. So we made this really cool video. Uh, I did a little voiceover. We talked about going full circle. I went there for gas money once, and then I was in a position to bring multiple people and go work years later. That is so cool. So, talking about the Outer Banks, I also know that you go down to South America, you do a little trip down there surfing, and you bring like buckets of donation stuff. Where where do you go, and who do you get involved in it? Like just everything. Let's talk about that. So Corey, once again, planted the seed with me. He brought me down there and he's always where's, done this. Where's there? Uh, there. So there is Nicaragua. So okay. we go to Nicaragua and I want to say the area is like Rivas, but it's uh, Papoyo, um, Magrock, Santana's, that whole region. And Corey has been going there for so long that when he first went, he was staying at Papoyo and he was walking by Magrock, which is this 
now not so newer place. It's been there for about 10 years, but they were redoing it and it was empty. He's walking by and they just meet the owner. And the owner invites him back. He's like, do you guys want to be our first group and we'll put you up for free? So they came back and he took them into the village and they met some of these families. So Corey got to see some of these families like 10 years ago, like when he first started going. And then he never stopped coming every year. So every year he'd see these families, literally watching them grow up, mm. have new kids, kids get older. And then I went for the first time in 20, I don't know, like 14 or something, 13. And I fell in love with it because I filmed it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he brought clothes. And Corey's a cool dude because you could sell those clothes, give them away, let them just sit in the closet. So every year he culls this stuff and he brings down a big pack. And so we did that for a couple of years. And then I think honestly on year two or three, I asked Ron Johns, I was like, hey, what do you guys think about doing a big drop? Not huge, but a couple hundred bucks to fill some bags with nothing but clothes, opposed to a couple shoes and a surfboard bag. Mm -hmm. So they did it and it was awesome. It was amazing. We had Corey, Logan, and then another guy, Randy, and another guy, Fisher. There were 14 riders and we brought a bag per person extra. I think we brought like 300 pounds of <laughs> clothes and shoes and like little snacks and stuff they don't have. Um, but furthering that, I asked Corey, I was like, what do you think about water? I was like, and the funny thing is like when people don't have good water quality, they sometimes don't know. So they're completely disinterested. They do not want you cutting holes in their buckets or messing with their water because it's kind of like going to a guy in his 80s and telling him to change his business plan that he's had forever. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, we would go to these houses and some would be like, what are you doing? What do you mean? And I kid you not, the hardest part was convincing them to let us put a hole in their bucket because now there's a hole in the bucket. But of course, we plug it with the filter. But them thinking about us putting a hole in their bucket, well, it's not a bucket anymore. So we brought, I think, 30 filters, and each filter can clean up to like a million gallons of water. That is crazy. So 30 million gallons of water, and we hit the tiniest little area. I mean, the area we could cover is huge. So we've done this year after year after year, and we were planning on doing it this year. We had a plan for March, obviously got canceled for COVID, but we want to go back because they've gotten railed by two hurricanes on the other coast. Mm. And their issues are way exacerbated compared to ours. And so when we go back, we want to bring something back for the people that donate. Because what we do is we do a movie premiere. People donate uh, helicopter rides, dolphins, swims, T-shirts, hats, and then we raffle them off. And people take donations. And we raised like three grand in a night Nice um, for, this, for the last trip we did. And we want to do it a little bit different. We want to bring more stuff, but we usually just film it and incorporate it in the surf video. So you have a surf video and then like 20 seconds of it shows us giving it out. I was like, that doesn't give justice to what we're doing. And I was like, I feel like the people donating need to see the reality of what it actually is. So we made a little Waves for Water video. I was stoked for it because Waves from Water is the company that makes the filters, uh -huh. but it wasn't, it didn't hit. I was like, we need a short film. We need a five minute mini doc. We need to speak. We need to interview people. We need to show people what it looks like to live there, not this polished, cool, smiling version of it, you know? So the next time we go, we're going to raise money and we're going to start filming when we start raising money and we're going to stop filming when we get back home. 
but we're going to make a full documentary and we're going to be able to present it to the people that donated and say, this is what you did directly. So how much supplies, since you weren't able to get down there in March this year, do you have a bunch of supplies here now um, in the States that you, you need to get down there or you're going to start in January, February, trying to build it up again to make this trip? So we have actually right here, a bunch of product that was donated for the raffle. That we've been sitting on so long doggers gave us a basket um i think drift house gave us a card and a couple other sponsors gave us products and stuff so that's awesome because we still have that so when we announce this it's like a two-phase thing one we need to get more product to raffle and that was the hardest part because we were thinking about still going to nicaragua because we could safely with COVID on the back end but we didn't have an idea of how to uh raise the funding wirelessly you know we could do a campaign online but we're used to these in-person events mm -hmm. where we've got vendors and everything's being donated. So it's a little bit different approach to do it online. Um, but we're at the point now to where if we really still don't think we're going to be able to do an event in the next, you know, four months, then we're going to just start fundraising online and um, probably just pull the trigger in March or April um, and go down there. Because like I said, um, we're on board with the, with the COVID program and we do everything right that we should, but these people are stuck uh, we're not stuck here. Um, we think we're stuck, but dude, you, we can go down to the grocery store yeah. and we can get help. We got, we got things they don't have there. We're so. first world stuck. We're not third world stuck. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, dude, like seeing, uh, seeing kids with no shoes that don't know better, mm. you know what I mean? It's just crazy because people complain about the wildest stuff here and I'm, vi I'm victim of it as well. Um, but damn internet's not working. Why is the Wi-Fi not working? Dude, I'm telling you. And then you go see people who are bleeding out their feet, but they don't care because they don't know better. And it's just like, it's a, it's, it's a completely, day. yeah, it's another day. It's a completely way, different way of life. But the, I always told Corey, I was like, you don't want to metaphorically beat someone into adapting to what you like. But at the same time, man, like some of these kids might not know they need shoes. You know, some of these people might not know that they should be drinking cleaner water, something that could make them sick or kill them one day. It could yeah. happen. They could consume bacteria that could kill their five-year-old who's not 50 years old and been drinking this water forever. Being down in the tropics, Giardia, I mean, that's the one you can get quick down there just from the, yeah. Instant, bro. You're, and so, you know, and again, when those things happen to those people, it's not like here, like one person gets sick from water in Satellite Beach, the whole county knows that day, the whole country knows the next day. Oh yeah. Some some little five-year-old drinks bad water in Nicaragua and dies, no one knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. It's so, such, such a raw environment there. It is. And, um, you know, I just went to the Dominican Republic and I was baffled by the poverty there. Baffled. Absolutely just blown away because everyone's like, oh, you know, be careful, Dominican Republic is sketchy. And it, it, it had its wobbliness to it. But it's like everywhere else. And it was, for me, like Nicaragua is barren. You know, it's, it's, it's barren. You know, these people are building off of like no infrastructure for the most part. Um, it's wild, very wild west. Dominican Republic is kind of sad because there is infrastructure. It's just dead. It's yeah. just empty resorts, empty buildings, crumbling stuff. And so, you know, I already was like, and, and again, it's different and you have to kind of put yourself at risk, dude. Some people don't want help, you know? Um, some people are not too inclined to help. Yeah. Um, but I'm eager because it's a huge thing for us, dude. It, it, at least for me, um, it makes me feel like I'm paying my dues back, you know? Mm -hmm. you, can't just, you can't just show up and blow up in a third world country 
and make money, which is what we do, um, making films, and then just not contribute. I don't know. It just seems wrong, you know? And uh, like Corey, getting to know these people over 10 years, it, you're not just a visitor at that point anymore. No, you're part of the family. You're back again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's some young kids that rip there. There's one kid, I can't remember his name, he's probably 20 years old. Corey brings him boards. Dude, this this kid would go to Corey's wedding in Germany if he had to one day because that's how thankful he is and involved he is. You know, um, this kid's become a better surfer over the years because of the tools that he's gotten and stuff through Corey. So, yeah, man, I think once we are able to safely pull a program together, um, we're going back to Nicaragua like we usually do. That's awesome. Definitely keep in touch with me for this. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to do it this year because, like I said, as much as it's harder this year, that's more the reason to go. I want to film it where we like roll into like Lowe's and we're like, hey, how many buckets do you have? Yo, so <laughs> that's a huge one, man, the buckets. So the last time we went, we did bring buckets because we learned that A, not everybody has a bucket down there and B, that bucket is probably the bucket. Oh, and it's 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 weight in gold, right? Bro. They're, you know, a donkey, a horse, any animal that works is its weight in gold. So yeah. A bucket is like, it's like your phone there, man. Like, I'm serious. Like, it is so crucial. And, um, yeah, it's cool because you do feel like you're, you're not just giving people stuff. I know that sounds bad to say, but you're not just like, okay, here's some crap. Like, dude, the excitement, the energy. Um, we've got a video. I'll have to show it to you. It's amazing that we did this one where we brought all the gear, all the water. We did. It was like, dude, it took us six hours to disperse everything. Wow. And it was crazy how word traveled in this village. Like we hit a couple spots and then we ended up stopping. And like, dude, people are coming from everywhere on foot. Like out of the trees, out of the houses. Yeah, the trees. It was, dude, there, it the MPI crew was in. They're like, oh, dude, it was so cool. And like, bro, and they're not just running up and grabbing. Like these kids run up and they're showing us our, their little squid that they had caught that day. And they got like these little wood clack toys that they play with. It was cool, man. Was very cool man that is crazy so that's the nicaragua routine all right yeah I, I gotta get in on this just because it's giving back and uh it sounds like a really really good time so yeah. we'd love one day to be able to set up a program where people can go with us mm -hmm. and it's like an all-inclusive thing where they can go get involved with the community go on a surf trip learn about health and wealth and life and kind of build like a whole program around it because not everybody has the tools to just say all right Let's go, Susan. Let's go down to Nicaragua. You know what I mean? Yeah. It takes a lay of the land um, and knowing people and stuff. So um, people feel thankful that we are able to do it. And I'm just stoked. Like I said, dude, I've just met people that showed me the way. Yeah, for real. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help with this project. I yeah. appreciate it, dude. Yeah. Uh, fundraising is something I do, I do pretty well. Yeah, man. Um, so you've surfed in Nicaragua. You talked about going to Dominican Republic, right? Now, we have the life of Dalton that I've seen pop up on, on Instagram and, and the book of faces here. Um, you've got a new series coming out where you guys are out just completely on an adventure. Tell me about it. Oh, Stoke. Stoke. So Stoke is awesome. Stoke is my brainchild. It's my baby. It's the birth of just ideas in my head coming together into this one form. And uh, we started it back in like 2013. 
We did season one. We did season two. We did season three in 2016. And season three was the big one. That was the first one where we said, okay, let's write it down. Let's make a plan. Let's get sponsors. Let's get funding. Let's write a script. And it was incredible. We did Puerto Rico, Colorado, Barbados, Nicaragua. Uh, we went all over the place and it was huge. And then, you know, we got busy. Life gets busy. We didn't do one for like two years. And then a couple years ago, uh, the Space Coast Office of Tourism was like, hey, we like that Stoke thing you guys do. What do you think about doing like a half season here and we'll, we'll sponsor the whole thing? I was like, yes, absolutely. And I was like, what's the rules? They're like, just make sure it's on the Space Coast. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. They're like, yeah. I was like, done, done. Give me, give me three months. So we did it and we nailed it, but we never aired it. What? We never aired it. We... We wanted, and the reason is Nicaragua. We use Stoke as the fuel, because dude, everyone gets stoked on Stoke. Everyone wants to go to the Stoke movie premiere. And Stoke is a multi-segmented thing, so it's like an hour long, opposed to like a one, two minute video. Uh -huh. So we were going to show Stoke season three and a half, is what we called it, this last March um, at Drift House. We had already planned with these guys. We had a dude, we had a date picked. We had a food truck ready. Uh, we had products set up and COVID hit and we couldn't do it. So we sat on Stoke this year. That's the reason um, we sat on it. And then I was sitting there, I was like, I'm not sitting on it any longer. I was like, I'm getting it out. So we post every Sunday, which today is Sunday. So today episode two goes up and it's only five episodes for this one, but it was really cool because it's home. It's the Space Coast. I literally got to, I did all new stuff too, which was really cool. We went skydiving. I almost threw up. We, <laughs> dude, I drove a tank and crushed a car. Uh, we did this crazy 300, 300 on 300 person paintball game. It's terrifying. It's the scariest thing I've ever been a part of in my life, bro. And it was cool, man, because like people always like, yeah, man, Melbourne sucks. Brevard sucks. Wow. And I'm just like, dude. I made, I made a post years ago and I was like, I'm going to make a new series called Brevard Doesn't Suck, You Do. And I was so frustrated because, are you kidding me? Space Coast. Look around. And like, my friend that was here last night lives in New York. He's like, dude, I show people your videos in New York and they can't understand rockets and dolphins and manatees and surfing and jumping out. It's like, dude, they don't understand. So coolest place on earth, bro. Yeah. I love it. So Stoke is the accumulation of all of our dreams and desires. It's just adventure, beautiful places. And we want to take it further. So when this mini season, this half season is done, the next one is season four. And I kind of want it to be less aimless, which is let's just go get stoked. And I kind of want to put a little value in there. And we'll probably make it uh, environmental awareness. And wildlife awareness. You know, we want to teach people a little something, you know, because everywhere we go, there's an impact. There's an animal that's, you know, there that you have to oh, respect yeah. and understand. And we did that really early. We've talked about animals and stuff. And then it went into just, you know, madness. So, yeah, man, we want to we want to add a little, you know, moral fiber in there. Bring it back in. Yeah. Yeah. I tell everybody, like... I've been down to the Keys fishing. I've been to the West Coast fishing. I've been all kinds of different places fishing with all these different charter captains. Um, 
I've been all around the world and seen some amazing, amazing places. But I tell everybody, our little section here in Brevard County, the Space Coast of Florida, is like one of the best kept secrets in Florida. Yep. Now, to prove that, there's signs all the way up and down A1A talking about no more daily rentals. We don't want anybody else coming here. It's our secret because yeah. it's a secret. But the place is so amazing. When you go watch a, sh a shuttle launch or a rocket launch, excuse me, up at the Space Center, or you go out to the port and you watch the subs come in and out or the, the cruise ships come in and out, or you head down to Sebastian Inlet for some of the best fishing and surfing in the state of Florida, yeah. down there, it's just, it's amazing. Or you go out to Long Cabbage and you're taking an airboat ride and you're a foot away from a gator. Dude, we did that for an episode. Yeah. It blew my mind. Crazy. There's so much stuff here. The paintball, the tank driving. Yeah. There's amazing, um, there's an amazing amount of stuff here from North Brevard to South Brevard. And the best part is... You got Volusia County just to the north. So you got great places like New Smyrna Inlet. You oh. got go down south into Vero Beach. It's oh, dude, you go free diving, scuba diving. Everywhere, yeah. Dude, and we are so centrally located. And I always tell people I'm not like the Gandhi of adventure on the Space Coast, but do you know how many things I don't even know about here? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff here. Example, like Lake Washington on the airboat. Mm -hmm. I literally was tripping. It was the real Jurassic Park. I was blown away. And I looked at the guy after. I was like, dude, you are 15 minutes from my house. I never knew. Blew yeah. my mind. So and you're, you're right there. And that interest in my hometown is genuinely what led me here. You know what I mean? Imagine if I was like, mm, there's nothing good here to film. There's nothing good here to do. We went and took what everyone said was boring and made this incredible lifestyle we just started doing and like that's what people know us for for doing we're always doing we're always doing something um and you know it's uh it's genuinely baffling to me how many people have seen it over the years oh yeah it's really crazy you know i understand it sometimes um but last night we were talking about how social media clout is not real it really isn't you could get 100 million likes on something, but it does not mean a single thing about how people respect you and how you sink into someone forever. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at him. His name's Kadeem. He's an incredible artist, one of the best photographers on the planet. I was looking at him. I was like, hey, Kadeem, <clears throat> like, have you posted a photo in the last, let's say, three months that kind of flopped, didn't really get the love that you thought it should have? And he was like thinking about it. I was like, yeah. And I was like, don't even answer. It's irrelevant. Do you want to know how many people have verbally told me how insane your work is in the last three months? Like, to my face, it was like, your work and the way it kind of just sinks into people over the work you do over the years, that's what does it. Likes don't really do it. Views don't really do it, you know? And it's, it's taken me years to, to figure that out because when you're a creative person, you post something and it doesn't get what you want, it can have this weird effect. It can kind of make you almost want to devalue your own work. And Kadeem last night is like, tip of the day, stop looking at other people. Stop looking around because if you made it and you love it, you don't need a single, single piece of validation beyond that. Oh, yeah. And if you go looking for it, uh, it's a dark road. It sucks. And, uh, you know, it's tricky. It's like how in the same breath do you say, we need this to pop, but we don't care if it doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I looked and I was like, well, you're right because the lights are still on. So business must still be working. I'm getting better and how silly to make your best work of your life, but question it because of social media. Yeah. Like, that's so counterintuitive. So 
yeah, man, seeing him last night, I haven't seen him in a, you know, a year or so. He showed up my front door. It was a reminder. It was a reminder to embrace my creativity and that we've been doing it right. And we don't need to worry about other people. No, man. You, you definitely do a good job. Your entire crew does a good job. You're probably one of the best ambassadors for the Space Coast um, that I know of. Now, I'm you know definitely not the smartest man there is out there, but uh, I definitely love your stuff. I also share it. I think it's great. You know, the other day you guys were doing the uh, surfing Santas. You were on the giant sub squash. Yeah, man. You know, I saw it. And I was giggling. My it was just hilarious. Did I, you like that? Yes, yeah, so I posted up. I was like the NPI goon squad out. Yeah, you know, man. It was just crazy. Cause, and you know, we talk about social media. You know, it doesn't really it matters, but it doesn't matter when you're exactly. talking about your creativity. It was neat for me to see how many people saw that, looked at it, reacted, sent me messages on it. And was like, hey, man, that's cool AF, you know, I, I just, man. So, yeah, you, you're an amazing ambassador. Well, I appreciate it, dude. I feel like it was like a job that was like kind of up for grabs, to be honest. Like, and you took not, it. Dude, not a lot of people. So, like, I kid you not, man, true story. This gives some people some perspective. I was engaged and <clears throat> I literally went to lunch and my fiance left that day. No warning, no heads up. No, they just it just happened. Before I walked into that building, I was on the phone. So I was on the phone. And she pulls up, she's in the car next to me, I'm like, hold on. And it's the Space Coast Office of Tourism verbally telling me about the Space Coast Live series that they want to give me. They want me to be one of three hosts for this endless series. And I'm listening to this and I'm like blown away. And then I walk inside and find out my life is about to change forever. And it was just such a pivotal moment because like the last thing I wanted to do was freaking put on a t-shirt and go talk about fun in the space coast. But that was exactly what I did. And like I said, man, it was like, it was a catalyst. It was a decision. It was like, are you going to roll over and flop? And I could have done what everybody wants to do. I could have gone chased after girls, went and got drunk, went and just, just threw everything away. And I was like, dude, I was like the guy. And I told people, I was like, God is going to smite me where I stand. If I don't shut up and be thankful for what's happening. Cause so much happened in 60 days it shouldn't have been real. It didn't make sense. It was weird. It was weird. Uh, dude, I could make a book about the things that happened in those 90 days. And uh, yeah, man, like they, Space Coast Live isn't just Space Coast Live to me when I look back on it now, dude. That was awesome, bro. That was me. That was my show. And that was me growing into this completely new version of myself. So yeah, man, it's, uh, like I said, I think it was a, a title that I was like, kind of up for. And I was always pitching how much I love this place. So it fit. And I think that's why uh, the county liked doing it. I think that's why people liked watching it. Because it wasn't like, here's some guy getting paid to talk about some stuff I need to go buy. I was pumped. I was super pumped to go drink coffee and talk about surfing Santas. And go look at the dinosaur animatronics at the zoo. I loved it. That is crazy. The zoo. Oh, man. A lot of people don't know. It's a good, it's a great secret we have there, the Bavaria County Zoo. Do you know it just got ranked the number one zoo in the country? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, right there in our own county. This whole area got ranked. Uh, I forget what the number was, but like Melbourne was like the place to live. I know. I know. Yeah, we have so much work. We have so much to do, so much to see. It's just an amazing place. It is, man. And, and even you guys, dude. I now value local business more than ever because it's my same perspective as social media. It doesn't matter what scale you're on. You are changing the culture of your community. Yeah. Forever, bro. Forever. There's going to be someone that tells someone a story about your stuff. There's going to be. 
And I think one of the biggest things we do is we underestimate ourselves. I think we underestimate our impact. And I did that for a long time. And now that I've had like a couple conversations where like kids, kids are what do it for me, bro. Yeah. Uh, this kid messaged me on Facebook the other day and he's like, Hey man, I'm depressed. Um, he's like 10 and this kid loves my stuff. He went to every meet and greet I did. He went to every live event I ever did. He was always there. And I could tell when I met him that he was vulnerable. And yeah. so this kid messaged me and talked it out with him. And I was like, man, he was like, I did a Facebook Live and I said, I, I captioned it intentionally. I said, why is this happening to me? And I knew people were going to click on it and be like, I know this kid's not complaining right now. What the heck? <laughs> and I meant like, why are young kids feeling comfortable to tell me these things? And I, and I said it in a, in a positive way because I was like, what a, I don't know, what a opportunity to be able to even like have that connection. Because kids are tricky, dude. They don't, if they don't connect, they don't connect. No. That's it. So like to go to a school like Sable and talk to a hundred sixth graders, I was tripping when I saw how many, I was like, yo, y'all didn't tell me it was this many. It's like, I can wrangle like 20. And I had done small classes. Like I did UCF and it was 20 kids, but they were like twenties, early twenties. They're easy. Then I went and did some like six year olds and they were kind of like easy to keep entertained, but it was like 10 of them. And then I go to sixth grade, sixth grade was where they get a little spicy and there's like a hundred of them. And dude, they just like, they just reeled in. I was just feeling it. And I'd watch them kind of like wobble. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to grab this one, reel it in. And then at the end of it, all the kids that didn't talk came up to me and like pulled me to the side. And like, oh man, I'm going through this. I'm thinking that I needed this. And these are kids that sit there with these teachers and don't listen all day because that's what kids do. They don't want to listen to your teacher. No. And then some donut, blonde hair dude comes in, <laughs> talked about stoke and jumping out of helicopters and i i was definitely on a thin rope but i was not about to come in there and tell these kids about anything other than the reality of this world it is violent it is hard it is a journey but i told them that dude i am you i'm just a a human that bleeds and breathes oxygen and these kids i could see the like spark they're like wait I can do that. And dude, a couple of them follow me on Facebook and YouTube and they comment on all my stuff. And yeah, dude, pivotal moment right there. The, the kids, dude, they're what really does it for me now. I have no gauge of reference. I have zero gauge of reference for time. It's so hard for me to tell how far we've come. But those things, the kids, dude, that's where it hits. That's awesome. I love I love hearing that, man. That is impact on, on the young younger crew coming up help keeping them in the right direction driving the right way you inspire them like i said man you're a great ambassador it's just you're lucky man you're I lucky that you, you've turned out the way you have i mean you, you know you said you came from a bad spot drugs and all that stuff you turned everything around and you built this company you got everybody's reaching out to you for work you're not trying to get work it's just coming to you yeah man yeah. It's insane. It is just completely crazy. It's why I'm trying my best to show people what it actually took. I don't want people to look at the the like back end of it because that's zero value. That doesn't help you. You need to see where I actually came from. You need to see the before. You need to see the dirty muddiness before you see the clean polished version. Well, and so that relates back to your social media, right? We were talking. We were just talking about everybody sees somebody at their their pinnacle. They don't see the the back. They don't see the dirty work. They don't see that time getting there. Yeah. That's why I've recently been sharing some of my time hops. I don't know if you've seen those, but yeah. I've been sharing a couple. And like one of them was like, got my first editing class at BCC done. 
this is a step towards me getting a job as a video guy one day. People are like, what's BCC? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <Bayer> Can College. <laughs> no, dude, I was, uh, man, I was, I just remember, I remember being done with that. And like, the thing I can tell people is don't focus too hard on how far you got to go. That's a deterrent for sure. Had I known how far I would have needed to go to get here, mm -hmm. probably would have turned around. But now that I'm like, kind of like not afraid of the hard times, they're, uh, Turbulent times are great, dude. Like they suck, but they're so great. And 2020 is uh, an example of that. Like I literally lost tens of thousands of dollars in a couple days, like vanished, signed, contract, gone. You know, I had a lot of people that struggled alongside me, some big corporations, some small people. Mm -hmm. And I had to be very delicate and I didn't want to, you know, hurt anyone's feelings, but it was like, listen, dude, move, go, do, drive, feel, talk. Don't just sit here. If you can't make money, make something else happen, dude. Cause we made money back this year, but that is not what we made this year. We made, we made adjustments, life adjustments. That's what's going to make us more money later. It's not that I went and made a bunch of money. It's that I was like, okay, our system is broken. We need to hone in and fix our life. When else is life going to be this still and this silent? So, dude, for six months, we rebuilt our, our ourselves, our home, our business. And so, yeah, man, this this year, I really do believe is going to produce a lot of fruit for a lot of people. 2021 is going to be an amazing year. I'm telling you, man, like uh, one of my favorite quotes, it's uh, it's about how you walk through the fire, meaning you, me, John, Susan, everyone is going to walk through the fire. But there's a difference between the guy that's freaking out, like, oh, my God, I'm in the fire, I'm in the fire, and the person that's calm and calculated. Like, okay, I'm going to get through this. How's the best way I can get through this? And uh, it's like a drowning person. You know what I mean? you got to calm down. you got to focus. How far are you from the beach? Are you in a rip current? Because you're in a rip current, you're swimming straight towards the beach, you ain't going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're going to drown. You could swim 10. That's literally rip current. 2020 is rip current, dude. People are intentionally swimming into the rip current trying to get back to the beach because they want to go back to where they were. They're not okay with understanding that 10 feet down the beach and in might even be a better part of the beach. Parallel. Go to a different, take a different avenue. Yeah, dude. And you could have been sitting right next to that beach the whole time and not known it. So, yeah, man. What else are we going to do? Are we going to roll over and give up? Mm-mm. There's no way. Mm -mm. No way. And that's why I try to tell people about the bad, bad stuff that happens to us. Because when you just share good stuff, that doesn't encourage people. They're like, oh, cool. That's not happening to me. But when I share gnarly stuff, like I came in the other day and told everybody, I was like, yeah, dude, crippling anxiety the last couple of weeks. Gnarly. Like, not cool. And it makes people feel safer, I think, you know, to know that, like, it's okay to not be good mm -hmm. and you can get through it. Yeah, you're human too. Yeah, dude. It makes people feel... I hate it, dude. I, I, I hate the way social media looks sometimes. It's not real. And that's why I wish I, I want to find maybe podcasts is the, is the way, but Facebook is the only platform where I've been able to expose who I truly am. You know what I mean? It's the only place that it's, it's really happened. There's a lot of people that watch me in other places, but this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, final products are cool. You know what I mean? Like look, look at this phone. This is, this is a pretty cool phone, right? Mm -hmm. The process of making this thing is probably nuts. It's probably insane. It would probably blow our minds in half watching an iPhone get made. Same thing with us, man. You know, like sure, we do cool stuff, but the process of how we got here and what we went through, that's the meat and potatoes.
It is. That's the good stuff. The daily grind push you where you are. And a lot of people miss it, which is sad. You know, they want to like they want to get to the spot. They want to get straight there. Not only is the journey important, but remember I told you all of these mentors and these people. Every major thing that's ever happened to me was not the plan. The music festivals. A friend was in a position where he couldn't take the contract and he bestowed it on me. I didn't go after that. He trusted me and he was in a pickle and he brought me in. Uh, Space Coast Office of Tourism. I say this all the time. Mitch Varnes is the only reason that that happened. And he hired us to do his marathon and he literally called a meeting with the Space Coast Office of Tourism just to show them my work. He wanted, he literally went in and was like, I know you guys need stuff. You need to look at this guy right now and you need to hire this guy right now. He, dude, he changed our lives. Like that gave us four years of work until the Space Coast Office of Tourism kind of closed up for us for a little bit. And then we got led to this and then we got led to that. So yeah, man, closed doors aren't always closed doors. No, it's just pointing you in a different direction. That's oh. it, bro. Three directions. This is an awesome podcast. We have to get the fiance in. We gotta do another Oh, one. for sure, dude. I'd love to see her brain get squeezed. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. She has definitely put a big light and a smile on your face. And I think part of it is I've seen you bloom even more since she's came in. So we'll have to save that for a different podcast. Yeah, man. It's, uh, she's the other part of the, the, the hope that I want people to hold on to, bro. You know, there was a time in my life where I thought I had my business, my relationship, my, my body, my, my wants, my desire. I thought I had it wired hundred percent ditch, ditch, ditched it all. Now I'm like, I want to put billboards up and, and tell everybody to check their life, get a little thermometer, stick it in your life and kind of check it frequently and just see how you're feeling. Um, cause once you get into a good spot, man, it's so good. Man, what a great time today with Dalton. Listen, if Dalton or I have inspired you to move to the Space Coast here in Brevard County, then you're going to have to check out the Coastal Estate Team. The ladies at the Coastal Estate Team are the hardest working agents in Brevard County, and they're passionate about the real estate industry. Head on over to kellysoldit.com, that's K-E-L-L-I-E, soldit.com, or lifebythebeach.com, and let Carolyn and Kelly turn your coastal addiction lifestyle dreams into a reality. Thanks for listening to the Coastal Addiction Lifestyle Podcast. If you like today's topic or any of our other topics, please like and subscribe. You can head on over to our website at www.coastaladdiction.com. You can also check us out on social media, Instagram, Coastal Double Underscore Addiction, Facebook, Coastal Addicted, or head over to YouTube at Coastal Addiction. Until next time, mahala.